What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Izzy Moore, soulful singer and conscious hip-hop artist. And I'm here at the Verbally Effective Podcast, hanging out with the one and only my girl, Ina Esco. Hi, I'm Elle Perry, and I'm Verbally Effective because I write about art and culture, people and places. Elle Perry is a reporter for the Daily Memphian, currently covering Hickory Hill, Orange Mound, South Memphis, and Whitehaven. Previously, she was the social engagement manager and digital producer for the Memphis Business Journal and coordinator of the Teen Appeal, the former Scripps Howard Countywide High School newspaper program. Her bylines have appeared in High Ground News, the Memphis Flyer, Inside Memphis Business, the Tri-State Defender, At Home Tennessee, Style Blueprint Memphis, Next City, and Number, Inc. Elle is a Memphis native and two-time graduate of the University of Memphis. Hey guys, your double E, Ina Esco, hanging out for episode 80 of the Verbally Effective Podcast. Today, I have with me another reporter from the Daily Memphian. But you know what? She's been in this business for quite a long time. Her name is Elle Perry, and I'm so glad she's here. Hey, Elle. Hey. How you doing, lady? I'm good. You know what? You like one of Memphis' best kept secrets. You know that? <laughs> now, we've seen your writings, but I don't think we've had you on that microphone too often to hear more about Elle Perry. Okay, Elle. So what part of Memphis are you from, lady? Um, So I grew up in North Haven. North Haven. Mm-hmm. Okay. North Haven. That is what, like, what area is that? Like, it's it's like unincorporated Shelby County. It's like Thomas and Watkins. Okay, I know what that is. Okay, so how was it growing up in North Haven? It was interesting. It's kind of remote. Um, <laughs> you say remote? Like, it's like we have like a corner store and like that's in a neighborhood and like that has a gas station. But like you have to like leave the neighborhood mm-hmm. to basically. So the closest, like we're 38127. So the closest okay. thing is. So Frazier, we had to go to Frazier for like groceries and stuff yeah. like that. Where did you go to school in North Haven? So North Haven itself has an elementary school in the neighborhood. But for middle school, uh, Woodstock, for high school, okay. Millington. Okay. I went to Millington. Yes. What year did you graduate? 2002. 2002. I don't girl. I'm 19, <laughs> But okay. Okay. So we're both Trojans yes. then. Did you like going to Millington? Millington was... I didn't have. I don't think I really had too many complaints. It was cool. Okay. What kind of activities were you involved in in Millington? Uh, I wasn't very active. I did yearbook. The yearbook is good. <laughs> no, it's it's good. I just. <laughs> uh, I wish I would looking back. I would have done more things. Um, I felt like that would have been good, like socially, to mm-hmm. have done more extracurricular activities. Mm-hmm. What would you have done? Probably nothing sporting related. <laughs> um. <laughs> Maybe just some kind of club or something that yeah like would make me ex- more expressive. Maybe okay. Were you a writer back then? I think I feel like I've always been a writer. Mm-hmm. Like the earliest thing I feel like at North Haven at the elementary school there was some kind of newsletter, which basically the teachers wrote. But we still had some kind of thing that we gave them or contributed in some kind of way. Mm-hmm. That was probably like the first thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like writing little short stories and things like that. Yeah, and you know how a, a lot of your writers, they're avid readers. Oh, yeah. So you, you love to read, don't you? Yes. <laughs> Who are some of your favorite authors? So um, I like Jay California Cooper a lot. I like because mm-hmm. she writes short stories and my attention span isn't always that long or I'm doing other stuff. So I like that I can finish and start something 
mm-hmm. uh, pretty quickly. Um, yeah. Okay. So when you graduated from Millington, what was next for Elle? Um, I went to U of M. Okay. Tiger. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I was a journalism major. I actually went to, I should say, I, sh- I did go to Southwest before that. Which okay. I felt like people had the impression or thought that like, oh, this isn't good enough. But it's like the teachers that I have at Southwest were also teaching at U of M or teaching at yeah. Rhodes or teaching at CBU. So like I had the same hard teacher show. <laughs> yeah. I understand. I understand. It's like a big misconception. Yeah. You know, with people that go to uh, a two year before they go to U of M. What made you go to U of M? I'm not sure that I was maybe by then I knew I wanted to do journalism. So probably that factored into mm-hmm. it. I mean, it's 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 here. It's, it's close. And um, I hadn't heard anything bad about it. Mm-hmm. So while you were at U of M, were you just concentrated on journalism, journalism? Kind of. I, I did I did African American literature like my minor was English so I got, I did some stuff that was outside of that that's still schoolwork though yeah um maybe yeah yeah <laughs> look did, look did, were you hanging out at home coming and stuff like that at U of M oh you, okay so <laughs> we were we were in college that year that that U of M had Calipari and it had that that big run. Oh, that was a good time. So I was we were there like every game. Mm-hmm. Um, we we were doing the clubs. Uh, what? <laughs> I mean, that was, it was fun. We went to some parties. It was it wasn't yeah. anything too crazy. Um, like like census. Yeah, um, I remember census. We started we the, the person that I was going to the club with the most. We stopped. Because we saw like her little brother go one day, and we're like, "Nope, oh. <laughs> like, no, this is time for it's time to stop." Right, but no, that was that was yeah, that was fun. I'm trying to think of what the other clubs that were popping when Census was popping, because what you had, uh, Boogaloo, mm-hmm. Boogaloo was DJ, and I remember that I was I was at Hot 107 back then mm-hmm. um, when Census was popping. I remember them days, girl. Ooh, you could stay a census late too. Yeah, we were at one. We were at one fifty two. We were on Bill Street. Yeah, one fifty two. <laughs> I know you got it in, and then being there when Calipari was there, that was on fire. That was so much fun. We were just, it was, it was amazing. Wow. <laughs> Did you do any stories on on that whole? You know, the the basketball mm-hmm. program was booming then. Right. So I, didn't, I never really covered sports and I, I don't think I really wrote anything just about that in general, but I can imagine just mm-hmm. you know, being being a writer, doing that kind of stuff. Wow. So as a journalism major at University of Memphis, um, what were some of the stories that you were working on while in school? One of the first stories I wrote was this woman who had this because she was a U of M student, she mm-hmm. like part time. She had this business called Strip to Fit and Bartlett. Mm-hmm. So she was. She was stripped to fit, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I think I don't remember how I found out about it, but I was like, oh, she was U of M student. I can write about her for the paper, for yeah. the, uh, student paper. So it was, I mean, it was fun, and I feel like she's still around. Doing, I'm sure doing this, <laughs> but it's like, hey, she by day she's at U of M, by night she's you know. Doing oh, this. so she was an actual stripper. I mean, she wasn't a stripper. Well. I don't think she was a stripper. I think it was like, you know, fitness. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Did you attend her class? I did that. I should have for, you know, research purposes. <laughs> I was wondering. <laughs> you know, was, just, you know, yeah. background information. Was she pretty open about her story? 
Yeah, I think so. Um, that I feel like that was a favorite to to write. Yeah, something different. Huh? Yeah. Wow. Okay, so when you graduated from University of Memphis, what was next? I know everybody was trying to hit you up to get you to come and write. So I guess the the recession technically was like 07, but like I graduated yeah. in 08, so it was kind of dry. Yeah, it was dry in 08. <laughs> I remember 08. <laughs> like, it's like, Ooh. man, we, we uh, should have graduated earlier. This is terrible. But <laughs> mm, I remember that. I worked in Paducah, Kentucky after that. Oh, how did that come about? So I sent my resume basically anywhere. Um, that was, I think that was pretty close. It's like three hours away. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know where Murray State is, mm-hmm. it's about 45 minutes um, to the east of Paducah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not far at all. It's just like you just go straight up 50 US 51. Um, so I, I, I came back a lot. Mm-hmm. But. I like Paducah. I haven't been back since I worked there. It was it's kind of like Memphis. It's smaller, mm-hmm. but the same kind of situation where it's like the hub and mm-hmm. folks from other places come in. Mm-hmm. So who did you work for in Paducah? Uh, the the newspaper, the daily newspaper there. Okay. Yeah. So it was big enough to have like a TV station. Then there's like Cape Girardeau State, Cape Girardeau Station. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carbondale had a station. I feel like somewhere in Western Tennessee, not Memphis, had a station that covered the area maybe mm-hmm. so it reminded you of memphis a little bit yeah like because kentucky is southern like i think i feel like kentuckians want to feel like they're midwestern but I'm like this no this is <laughs> at least maybe in the parts close to ohio that's like midwestern but like where yeah. we were like this is very this is not different than memphis it's just little yeah <laughs> yeah paducah wow okay so what happened after that gig so I ended up leaving. I came. I think at that point I came. I just came back. Um, <laughs> like, to the M. Like it's time to come back. <laughs> but I feel like that there might have been some like odd things like in between that. I ended up going back to school and like graduate school at U of M, and I started off as interim because that was like the graduate school. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how that worked. I was the interim director, but then I became the the regular director of the Tina Pill. For people who don't know, it doesn't exist anymore, unfortunately. But it was a, the citywide, then countywide high school newspaper program. So it's based at U of M. So I ended up working at, actually working at the U of M. Mm-hmm. For Tina Pill, I had read that. So I know. I mean, how was it working with the students? This, I think, this is my favorite job. If yeah. you know, if that, if it hadn't ended because of like funding, mm-hmm. I would have still been there. Um, yeah. No offense to anybody else, but <laughs> like, it is what it is. I would have, I would have not left that job. It was, it was great. Um, I got to, you know, part of it. I had to go to different high schools and recruit students. You had basically teaching them how to write as journalists because a lot of the reason why I existed was because a lot of schools didn't have their own individual papers, like some like White Station did, but most part they didn't. So yeah. teaching them how to take the skills that they learned from English class or whatever other class and how to write a news article or, you know, I want to review a Gucci Mane CD. OK, this is how you do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. How long did you were you the director there? How long did it last? It was like four years. Like, oh, that's a good a good little while. Yeah. Wow. Do you keep in touch with any of the students still? Yes. So one like it's 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 strange and it's great it's strange um like somebody sent me a message on instagram she was like she didn't follow me or anything but she was like hey i just i found your profile i wanted to tell you that 
you know, because of the program and, you know, the work that you did that I'm studying journalism and I'm doing well and just wanted to say, you know, hey, thank you, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I know that felt good. <laughs> like some of them, um, it's been long enough that some of them have graduated and like have jobs and stuff. Some of a lot of them are still in school, but it's mm-hmm. I it's, I'm not responsible for their success. They are already talented. But it's, you know, I, can I feel like I have like a tiny bit of, you know. You did. You made an impact. <laughs> you definitely made an impact. It's awesome to see their their success. And that gave, I feel like working there made me really inspirational about, because you hear all the bad things about kids and the mm-hmm. next generation. It's like, no, these these kids are fun. Like, they, yeah. it'll be okay. <laughs> wow. You definitely made an impact, Ill. Okay, so once Teen Appeal came to a close, what was next for Elle? Because you've written for quite a few different entities here in Memphis. Tell us about some of those places that you've worked. I think uh, basically because Teen Appeal, the way that was structured, I worked directly for the U of M and not the commercial appeal. So even though there was like a relationship, like we take them to the paper and they met everybody and saw the printing presses during a summer camp. Um, but I didn't actually work for the commercial appeal, but like, besides that, pretty much everybody else, um, I've, I've written for a tri-state defender. I've written for high ground news. I did specifically some art coverage. Um, I've written for the flyer that was freelance art coverage. Mm Um, my daily Memphian now, um, before the job prior was the Memphis business journal, Mm -hmm. which was interesting because it sounds really dry, but it's not necessarily like I was writing about hotels and like tourism. So that was interesting. That sounds interesting. And I tried to sneak in some music stuff. Just like, Hey, uh, <laughs> they're making some money. So let's, you know, maybe we can write about this. Oh, wow. What was your <laughs> favorite story you covered at the Memphis business journal? I was, I always really liked the hotel stuff. People are interested in hotels. Like Locals are inter- are interested in the hotels, and then obviously people from out of town stay in those hotels. But like, I had a, a a source who was an architect, so he worked on some interesting projects. So he was like, you know, it, it's mutually beneficial. So he he would want to talk about like what went into the design or whatever. But um, one of the stories, it's rewarding to to see a project from the writing side from once it first starts to like now. So like now we I like work pretty close with the hotel Indigo, and like oh I like that hotel. It was it's it's super cute. It is. I was like I need a reason to stay here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's like trendy, like real cute. So that was one of the ones that that I had written about from kind of early in the process, and then you know, like the design changes and things like that, or like this arrive hotel that's going. That's probably my favorite. That's going in the old Memphis College of Art graduate school building on South Main Street. Mm-hmm. It's like four something South Main. Mm-hmm. But that's not finished yet. But this that had, I guess, ups and downs. And that was interesting. Like this guy who has all these tattoos from the places that he's lived and he got a Memphis tattoo. He's from like wow. uh, Seattle or whatever. He's mm-hmm. an architect and he worked at like Four Seasons and stuff. But he's doing a hotel, a hotel here like, which is totally different from like some of the other cities that he's done. Mm-hmm. But like it was, I don't know, it was cool to write about. He got a tattoo for every mm-hmm. city. So his Memphis tattoo, it was like the name Memphis or something Memphis related. I I believe it was, we should have got a picture of it. I think it was just the word Memphis, which it was interesting because like 
out of the, uh, the other cities. He never lives in Memphis, but like this, he's putting a stamp on it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's serious. <laughs> and then he's an architect, so yeah. I can understand. Yeah. When you covered these hotels, mm-hmm. was it all about covering like their start here mm-hmm. in Memphis to, you know, some time goes on where the development is? Was that mainly what the stories were about? Yeah, well, like writing for a business publication, they make us like, this is how much it's going to cost. And this is the <laughs> architect and this is the general contractor and kind of stuff that I yeah. wouldn't necessarily include in there. But like, so this Arrive Hotel, like their whole thing is like, we want to be a place where the locals hang out. Like, yeah, tourists are going to stay here. But like this bar and this restaurant, uh, we want the people who live here to go here because that's why the tourists are going to go here because mm-hmm. y'all are here. Y'all are the attraction to get people. <laughs> yeah. Kind of stuff. So that kind of thing. Um, with the, with the indigo, they have all this like like fifties mid century modern like the architecture and the interior design is really cool. Mm-hmm. And they got the you know that's the old Memphis Sounds lounge that's in the basement. So they're they haven't opened that part yet, but they're gonna do something mm. with that vinyl records or whatever. That'll be I'll hang out over there. <laughs> I know you are. <laughs> well, look, keep me updated, girl, because I need some new hanging out spots. <laughs> now, let me ask you this, L. I know, you know, like you've mentioned, you work for quite a few different publications. Um, so you've seen like media mm-hmm. in general transform here in Memphis. What transformation have you seen since your beginning, uh, the start of your career to now, as far as journalism is concerned and the media? I think the number of jobs are less like that was one of the things when we took kids to the teen pill, it was like, you could clearly see like when they would go tour, like, you know, it was the staff was getting smaller each year. Um, so that, but nowadays people have a lot more choices, which I think is good. It was, is it's interesting. Cause like my outlet is like, I've been working there a year. Like that's how old it is. <laughs> Basically mm-hmm. I've been there the whole time. We actually officially launched in September but people have more choices so i think that's good like i'm friends with people who work at other papers mm-hmm. i want to have a better story than them they want to have a better story than me mm, competitive <laughs> but i think i think memphis is better for having multiple choices mm-hmm. like if i can cover something and it gets covered in the commercial pill in a flyer and high ground news try state defender uh, mm-hmm. maybe edible memphis covers it maybe Memphis Current does art maybe they cover it like if something gets covered I think that's great like it, I shouldn't be the only person doing a story or somebody who works at the CA shouldn't be the only person that writes about something ever like let's mm-hmm. get people in like things like the coverage they deserve so at the Daily Memphian what is your focus so I started out doing arts and culture stuff but currently I'm doing some neighborhood coverage so Orange Mound South Memphis Whitehaven and Hickory Hill, which I'm excited about. It hasn't like I haven't been on this beat for that long, but mm-hmm. I was kind of, I was somewhat writing about these areas. But like to be able to do it on a daily basis is great. Yeah. Do you you have to turn a story every day? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, how often? I think ideally I would be like you know like maybe five a week. Five I think, a week. Like. At, at the business journal I was doing that much probably but that also counts like shorter things mm-hmm. so like it might be you know four paragraphs like hey this is happening uh there you go <laughs> yeah um some of the stuff I've been writing about is more in depth so it takes longer to do mm-hmm. and I'm also 
it's more it's more enterprise so some stuff that happens in like like public meetings or kind of documents and things like that that are you know something that happens every three weeks then i can count on a story but yeah. some of this stuff like this organization that's converting this fire station to orange mountain to a like dance and youth uh, performing arts uh that just has to happen <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i still have to interview like three or four people so yeah I saw your article on the Electro Life Juice Bar second opening. Oh, yeah. And I, it was a really good read. And um, I actually had Quavisa mm-hmm. on the pod before. Nice. She was one of my guests oh, when yeah. she um, originally opened up her first location. So this is this is a, a thing that happens. Um, we were like, what should I call this area? So a <laughs> uh, co-worker, uh, JB, he's from he's from Parkway Village. Yeah. So he, I'm like, uh, so I didn't I didn't even tell him. I was just like okay this is across from winchester bowl what neighborhood is this he's like parkway village i was like good okay <laughs> this is what this is what neighborhood you're the expert on this area so this is gonna be parkway yeah, you village. know he know all the uh, different <laughs> hood terms nah right you know what them neighborhoods at. that's 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 the thing that we want to be be mindful of because i know like you can't call somebody like if they live in Westwood, you can't say Whitehaven. That's true. Like they're gonna like no, you gotta Memphis have the right neighborhood term. <laughs> like, so I'll, she in Parkway Village. Yes. That oh, second spot. Yes. Okay. Unless somebody calls it incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> like this is not this neighborhood. Oh wow. <laughs> and, and with that being said, L, um, you talking about how important it is to, you know, make sure you're talking about the right neighborhood and things of that nature when you're writing. Why is local media so important? I saw something about when all the things in New Orleans were happening with the storm and I think NBC or some national uh, publications are like everybody's evacuating the city but all the meet all the local media and the people from new orleans were like uh the tourists are leaving nobody from because i was seeing leaving. people on instagram like we right here <laughs> you you are see yes so things like that where mm-hmm. if they had somebody who was actually from that area at the very least like a correspondent or something that would have been like um no they're not leaving <laughs> just things like that somebody who knows what's actually happening on the ground versus you have the the national media that kind of like basically fly in and they are out. Mm-hmm. Somebody who un- better understands the landscape. Mm-hmm. Would you ever work for the national media? Um, I think I have some aspirations to do some, say maybe regional or I want to say yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. What are some of the big national like publications? Um, to be honest, the New York Times, I really like what they're doing with, mm-hmm. with the art coverage. They're they Yes. I would like I was I was using the incognito windows, okay? So but I was like, Ooh, y'all are <laughs> y'all I'm having to click on y'all and use these a lot. So maybe I should I need to send y'all some money because <laughs> I'm really liking I'm reading enough of y'all's stuff that I I wanna mm-hmm. so, you know. They had a special going on. But <laughs> um, they like them specifically um there's an outlet this is regional called the bitter southerner there they do like long form things about the south with like really nice photos like mm-hmm. i'd love to write something for them mm-hmm. i know exactly what you're talking about with the new york times because mm-hmm. i catch a really good like artsy mm-hmm. read on twitter from the new york times i'm like oh they really really mm-hmm. getting some good stories out here okay 
Okay, New York Times. <laughs> it's coming, honey. It's coming. Now, let me ask you this, Elle. Have you ever written a story, submitted it, and your boss was like, uh-uh, try again? Um, I think, I feel like, yes, but I feel like I'm written long enough to where it wouldn't be just total like starting from you know Mm -hmm. starting over it would be more of like hey you need to interview smart people Mm -hmm. or like (laughs) you need you should have started with this um versus that like i think the feedback is good because yeah i think a lot of times with the kind of you're kind of it's kind of fast-paced situation situation sometimes and like you're you turn in the story you look at it and you're like this isn't what i wrote right (laughs) and you're like i wish they would have said like, oh, you, you should do this or, you know, this needs to be a pie or this is more important or things like that versus just like this is what I turned in and this I don't like this, you know. Mm-hmm. So would that be that be that would be like the editor making mm-hmm. that decision? Is that just like one person? Um, It can be one or two people. Uh, my, you know, experience generally. And I mean, it's not it's not you can push back on stuff if you're mm-hmm. like I, I don't like the way this sounds this is terrible mm-hmm. um, can we you know word it like this and you, you know, they're open to it. it's not like it's a dictatorship and they're just like nope <laughs> um and there's got th- some flexibility yeah there's back and forth about stuff too where yeah and so like the daily Memphian, it's an online publication and so that's like when you first got here i asked you what did you do today and you said I went in the office like right. I thought <laughs> with it being a online publication, mm-hmm. like, you know, everything is digital. The right. whole operation is digital. Right. But you all actually go into like a brick and mortar. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like a co-working situation. Mm-hmm. Um, we we have. Yeah, we have an office space downtown. Yeah, it's nice. It's like a like a whole floor of, of this building that we're in. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like with. Since I'm doing neighborhood stuff now, I do need to be in those communities more. So, mm-hmm. like, find a space to kind of post up and just be out there. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, um, we are in office. <laughs> <laughs> and, and with you doing neighborhoods, focusing on neighborhoods, do you get a lot of people to hit you up with leads on stories? Or you got to go and look for them? Or it's a bit of both of that or uh, it's, it's both like today I went to an event and it was it wasn't really for a story but I handed out a card to like five or six people so I was like okay this is good so they're gonna email me or I'm gonna meet with them or something mm-hmm. um some I do have some sources to where they would be like hey this is going on so like, mm-hmm. yay um tell me first <laughs> <laughs> right the the exclusive right, like, let me let me <laughs> let me do a nice story about this mm-hmm. but I don't have to dig as much as I necessarily thought I would um, because like these are big, big areas. There's lots of things happening. Like the juice bar isn't the only thing happening. There's, you know, I got some other stuff, you know, in the works. (laughs) Look, drop that exclusive (laughs) info for the Verbally Effective Podcast listeners. Okay. If you can. Um, I am, because this will be out before, this will be out after this, but I'm going to to interview a guy uh, who has a restaurant called uh, Bala's Bistro mm-hmm. in Whitehaven and he's doing some African food and I'm going to find out more details mm-hmm. when I interview him but mm-hmm. <laughs> like some authentic yes, African yes. food awesome so he's I, I think his restaurant's been open for a month or two now but mm-hmm. well, we'll get some good photos and 
mm-hmm. meet him and see what his story is. Wow. I know you're a foodie too, huh? You, oh, you yes. like you like the good food. <laughs> well, I, I read an article about you. They were asking you about your favorite food. You mm-hmm. like a, a restaurant, mm-hmm. I think in Midtown. Mm-hmm. What's the name of it? I like so much. <laughs> <laughs> it, no, this is specific. Um, Because I read several articles and you said that same restaurant every time. Oh, no. If you say it, I would be like, ding, 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 ding. No, um. <laughs> <laughs> you know the one in Midtown. What kind I of think it's a Mexican it? restaurant. Um, it start with an M. Masio. That's it. Okay, I do. They have good tacos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that in a couple of articles. Okay, yes. so you've written about food before. Yes. You you have the choice to write about food in a particular neighborhood. You can write pretty much write about what you want. Right. So in I'm that not neighborhood doing arts coverage per se but say somebody has you know they're opening up a spot doing art stuff in orange mound then i'm gonna write about it or mm-hmm. south memphis or hickory hill so i it gives me you know a variety so I'll, i might do an art story or a food story or just you know somebody's open a barbershop something mm-hmm. like that okay so just thinking about news in general you know um our current uh president mm-hmm. Uh, what do they call him? Uh, cohabitant of the <laughs> of the United States uh, chair or whatever they call him. Um, you know, he kind of started a big thing about fake news when he first got into office. Um, do you ever feel like or have has anyone ever, you know, come to you about your stories as fake news? Have you ever had that instance happen? I've, I've gotten criticism. I'm. I'm I think most reporters are open to it if it's something that's that is based in kind of like factual things or not just I don't like this because it makes me look like not good. Like um, if somebody is like, hey, you I, you should have included this in your article and mm-hmm. I might be like, OK, yeah, that's fair or yeah. something like this, like something like that. I think that's that. They, and they're not calling it fake news. They're just like you should have included this because we we do have only a lot of information and I can't put every single thing in a story. It's going to be like yeah. 8,000 words. So it, it is kind of a value judgment in like, okay, these are the things that I think are the most important to, you know, most relevant. Um, and so maybe you do argue that, okay, this is less relevant and this is more relevant. Mm-hmm. And you see that I want people to kind of interrogate in the, 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 the media sources as far as some of the stuff that we get information from is, a lot of it is like publicly available. So you can look too and be like, oh, this this piece of information wasn't included. Mm-hmm. So we think this is actually important. And we, we think about that for the next time we write it. I'm like, oh, maybe the readers want to hear more about this part. So we can we can include it. Mm-hmm. But not nobody has come to me just like really obnoxiously. It's more, mm-hmm. it's, I think it, people are generally have been fair, even if, if I necessarily didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little uh, criticism, whether it's constructive or not. Yeah, I, th- I think that's fine. Like, yeah. At the Daily Memphian or even in your experience with different publications, are there women in leadership roles? I think at the last place I went there, you know, I had like the direct editor was like a woman mm-hmm. um, he, at the Daily Memphian. I've. 
had some different beats. So one of one of my main editors also is a woman. Yes. Okay. It's a long way of answering that. <laughs> yes. I know cuz like, you know, when you think about media in general, right. um some of you know, different networks right. or even written publications, it's you know, a lot of men oh, yeah. at the top. <laughs> and you know, with a lot that has come out, right. you know, just about, you know, women having a voice oh, yeah. just in their career. Right. You know, a lot of things are out now. So oh, yeah. um I feel like, you know, and I was wondering if you felt like that mm-hmm. two women are climbing the ladder mm-hmm. in the media business. I think so. Um always more the better. Yeah. Okay. All right, Miss L. Now, is there a story that you would love to write that you haven't done so yet? Okay, this this is a free idea for somebody. Um, there is, and maybe maybe I'll get to write this. There is a black couple who live in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, they're from Memphis. They met, I believe it was Chings is how they met. What? Um, they have opened like two breakfast spots there. They are opening some kind of Memphis-themed juke joint in this new development in Charlotte that's going to have, like, Memphis kind of-esque food. But he was recently nominated for, like, a James Beard Award for, like, uh, Best Chef Southeast, maybe. I think he was a uh, he was a semifinalist, so he didn't win. But, like, the headline for this story would be how Memphis Hot Wings led to a James Beard Award. So he has to win the award before the story can be written. <laughs> I like that title. But um, I don't think anybody locally has written about him yet. And mm-hmm. I keep posting him, like, one of y'all, one of y'all is going to write about him. Or maybe I'm going to write about him. Mm-hmm. But um, that's, a, that's a Memphis story, but it's not. I feel like that's not the only Memphis story like that. Just yeah. like these people meeting at like a hot wing joint, like you know, and for real, become like these big chefs and opening these cool restaurants. Yeah. He also does a thing where he it's called the Soul Sessions, and he has black chefs who don't have like a brick and mortar space, and they cook and they do events across the southeast, so Atlanta, you know, mm-hmm. and different places. They have like pop ups and stuff. So he's doing cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there, um, Greg and Sabrina Collier. Well, I hope you you're able to write that <laughs> story. I hope he gets that award. I know, like, like, like room for you. Wow! And just speaking of news, uh, today a major story broke and kind of like finally got the family some closure. I know you know about it. Lorenzo oh, yeah. Wright's um, ex-wife was finally well. She copped the deal, right? Basically, um, pleading guilty. Um, which we've been, it's mm-hmm. like we all been knowing she yeah. was guilty. Yeah. We was like, when are they going to, yeah. you know, I think so many people are, you know, have found closure with this yeah. now, especially like his family. Oh, yeah. Like, is that a story that with you all in the media mm-hmm. kind of been like waiting to see what's going to happen with this case? I know there's been like a lot of discussion with, you know, because we did a story about, I believe, recently maybe like the ninth anniversary of his death or something like that, where, you know, just, just like looking back, like this is how long it's been. And this is, you know, that's one of those stories where, I mean, it's a sports story, but it touches so many different Mm -hmm. people and things. And, you know, it's really personal to people. Yeah. I'm glad I'm, I'm happy for his mom, but any way you look at it, it's a sad situation because you got his kids, their mom, I mean, it's just sad all the way around, but I'm glad um, 
you know, they finally came up with a verdict today. But L, it's time for the verbally effective minute. Are you ready? Yes. I need you to answer these <laughs> questions and tell me why. Okay. okay, lady. Okay. Favorite story topic to write about: fashion or community development? Community development, probably because. It touches more people just directly. I mean, I, I guess people in communities are, you know, they have fashion, though. But yeah, that's <laughs> true. That's true. Um, I'm interested in I'm really interested in how people and places kind of kind of interact. OK, next question. Favorite hangout spot, downtown or midtown? Midtown. Midtown. Why midtown? Uh, this guy once, like this was years ago, but he was just like, Midtown is dirty. And it was what? like, man, like this is somebody <laughs> who lived downtown. It was just like, wow, okay, we we just we just dirty. All right. Oh wow. Um I like the mix of things that are there. I love downtown. I love working downtown. Midtown is where I'm at generally. Midtown got you sold. Is is it the food? Oh, the food is good. <laughs> I I think they're they're a mixture of people, you yeah. know, different different walks of life who are there. I think downtown has that too. Downtown does attract folks from from everywhere, mm-hmm. but I think Midtown is is less of a tourist and mm-hmm. like just folks who are Memphians. Yeah, I like Midtown too. I think I I like Midtown a little better than downtown as well. Okay, so favorite publication um, out of the ones you've worked with, but I'm gonna give you your oh, choice. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, which one did you like better out of? I hate to put you on the spot, but I'm gonna do it. Oh, out of the Tri-State Defender or the Flyer? I am going to say the Flyer only because I've actually worked there like more regularly for Mm tri-state i did a couple articles whereas like the flyer i don't remember exactly how long it was but it was pretty much like a weekly basis that i was Mm -hmm. working working there um the woman who i was working for actually she just started at the business journal i like her a lot Okay. Well, L, I really appreciate you coming to the verbally effective podcast what's next for you lady um, so I started this email newsletter called Things I Saw This Week. It is basically what, like, I'm always retweeting stuff or posting stuff on Facebook or just sharing articles. So it kind of puts that in one place. I do a playlist that I update. Um, I'll add some other things in there, like podcasts that are vaguely interesting or very interesting. Things I learned this week. Things I saw this week. Things I saw this week. That sounds pretty interesting. It's it's just kind of it's kind of miss 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 blah. It's <laughs> it's a lot of stuff. <laughs> okay, things I saw this week. Like, what could we read about something that you saw last week? So uh, it comes out on Fridays. So like, there's the first article is about how a lot of black people have lost their land because they don't have wills, and mm. there's thing called heirs' property apparently, where people have they kind of inherit like a like a share in somebody's land. But like people are getting their land taken away from them across the country, and it's a re- it's a really poignant story. Mm. Um, sometimes it's like speaking of New York Times, they did like sixteen black chefs that are doing cool stuff. So that mm-hmm. um, there's like like art and science and stuff that is happening in different cities. Okay, and it's an email newsletter. Yes. 
Okay. So how can people provide you with their email address and everything? Sure. Uh, probably the easiest way you can see it. You can get a link on my Instagram is L actually. Uh, that's my Twitter too. But mm-hmm. there's a link in the bio um, to to sign up if you, or you can just look at it first. You want to see like, what is she talking about <laughs> before yeah. I put my email on this? Then you can see there's about 10 issues. Okay. Um, people have, people have signed up for it though. So it's cool. Okay. You're an awesome writer, Elle, and I wish you you the best of luck. And I hope you can write those stories that you've been wanting to write and really just tell our stories. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. Thank you, lady. Verbally Effective Episode 80 in the Books with Elle Perry.